A new VCU poll suggests that Governor Youngkin could beat Biden in a hypothetical 2024 matchup. Also, Virginia becomes the eighth U.S. state to exit voter data sharing pact. And Virginia Beach is currently undergoing a review of the new bathroom policy. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. Stay with us as we look at what's happening in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Welcome back. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. We want to thank you for joining us, as you always do, on this beautiful Sunday here in Hampton Roads, wherever you're listening, either on WNSB Hot 91, the soul of VA, or whether you're streaming us on our TuneIn app. We thank you for all your support that you give us as we bring movers, shakers, and policymakers to you to discuss issues important to the community. Here at the Spartan Nation, we love what we do but we do it because of you, the community. I'd like to also give a welcome back to all the students that are coming back to campus as we start this fall 2023 academic year. To all the faculty, staff, and also the administrators, students, and parents, this is your new beginning, and we wish all of you a phenomenal time. Also with us, we have in studio our producer, Marvin Folks, also known as DJ Scandalous, which you can hear every day, Monday through Friday from 2 to 6 p.m. on Saturdays. And yes, Sunday, the hardest working man in radio. We're continuing our series of what's happening here in the Commonwealth. And during this series, we take a look at what I believe is uh, the the best state in the in, in the union. As you know, it's full of history. It's full of diverse landscapes. It's full of great institutions of higher education and just a great place to raise families, have a lot of fun, experience culture and the like. But not just that, but it's also a great place for politics. And here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, we've got a lot of that going on. And I want to first take a look at a few things that are happening that I think are very interesting, not just for the Commonwealth, but also impactful to the entire United States itself. According to The Hill, a recent poll from Virginia Commonwealth University, also known as VCU, showed that current Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin has a chance to win his home state if he were to run against President Biden in 2024. Now, according to The Hill, the poll out of VCU's Wilder School, uh, L. Douglas Wilder School of Government and Public Affairs, shows that Virginian favors their governor 44 to 37% in a hypothetical presidential matchup between Yunkin and Biden. Now, other findings from the poll include, of course, 3% lead by Biden in Virginia in a matchup between him and former President Donald Trump. And also an even split between Biden and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, of course, we know and we've talked about this on the show Governor Youngkin's name has been floated around, according to The Hill, as a possible GOP presidential candidate in the past, especially in the wake of the other Republican candidates finding it hard to take the lead in the race in front of former President Donald Trump. According to The Hill, polling in April found him to have a high favorability rating amongst Virginians at 57 percent. However, Governor Yunkin himself said that he had no plans to go on the presidential trail back in May. As a matter of fact, he's quoted to say, I'm going to be working in Virginia this year. 
And so our House and our Senate are up for full reelection this year. And we have a House that's controlled by Republicans and a Senate that's controlled by Democrats. Now, of course, this poll was taken and conducted July 14th through the 25th. But I want to go back and kind of dissect this just a little bit. You know, there's been a lot of discussion uh, about the upcoming presidential election. Uh, 2024 is right, right around the corner. And I can't believe we're already talking about the presidential election, but it's here. And with that, you know, there is a lot of currently we have uh, President Biden who's in office with Vice President Harris. And there is the discussion around the viability of a second term uh, with President Biden in office, along with uh, his administration. And we're, we're not going to delve into that too much. We're going to talk about that on another show because that's a very important uh, aspect of what we're looking at as it relates to uh, our next leader. And a lot of changes that are taking place, not just in the GOP, but also the Democratic Party. I know I, I did a show in the past where we talked about the different parties finding their identity. And I believe that the GOP is going through their revolution and then and also their evolution in order to get to an evolution. But I also believe that the, the Democrats were approaching an end of an era and getting ready to go through an internal conflict in order to evolve into who they are they want to be. But with that being the case, right now we know that here in the GOP, former President Donald Trump is has a sizable lead. And let's just say uh, some people see it as insurmountable. As a matter of fact, Governor Ron DeSantis out of Florida, you know, he's had an opportunity to campaign pre-campaign for about 15 months. And when he launched, his campaign started, it seemed like it just, it was like a rock. It literally started sinking uncontrollably. When it's sinking uncontrollably, it's, uh, you know, person started looking for an alternative. Now, keep in mind, you have about seven or eight other candidates that have thrown their hats in. Senator Tim Scott, the only African-American male Senator in the Senate that's Republican, Corey, of course, you know, uh, Senator Cory Booker is currently in the Senate as a Democrat, African-American male. But you have also have former Vice President Mike Pence, uh, who's, you know, has a career in public in the public space. And but none of these individuals uh, have been able to garner uh, uh, any traction. It just just hasn't happened. They're polling maybe four or five percent, six percent at the most, you know, and it's they're not they're not gaining any traction whatsoever. So many individuals are running from reports that we recovered this uh, before. They're running from Ron DeSantis and they're going toward Glenn Youngkin. Just last week, he was in the Hamptons for a, uh, a place uh, for a fundraiser host that was hosted on his behalf in order to have this discussion and for individuals on a national level to see him and engage him, you know, and see him as a candidate. So I'm not surprised that this Virginia poll from VCU, from the L. Douglas Wilder School of Government and Public Affairs, I don't think it's too far off. I don't think it's at a, I don't think it's, 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 it's far fetched. As a matter of fact, here, we also talked about how Governor Youngkin has a very high favorable rating. 
in the Commonwealth. Uh, from all in indicators, you know, people are, you know, uh, satisfied with the job he's done, especially his supporters. Of course, you have detractors, especially those on the other side. And issues as it relates to, of course, we talk about the uh, issues with schools and the education used as a platform in order to galvanize voters to the polls. Uh, so, you know, you have those uh, that are not really for the governor and his actions uh, and his policies that he's put forth and how he's dealing with certain things. But overall, according to this poll, it looks like if you put him against President Biden in 2024, 44 to 37 percent in a hypothetical presidential matchup between those two, he would actually win the state. You know, that's uh, that's very interesting because we think of Virginia, of course, when you think about the Commonwealth of Virginia, you think about really about four different regions, right? You've got Northern Virginia, uh, which is really the, some people call it the suburbs of Washington, D.C. You've got Richmond, you've got Hampton Roads, and then you've got everything west of Richmond. And of course, you have different pockets. You have Charlottesville, uh, you have Roanoke, you have Blacksburg, you have all these different little pockets in those four, what I call four regions. And 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 with that, there were very distinct regions and very distinct uh, voting patterns and the very distinct history of those areas and the people who have moved there and settled there uh, or in how it all comes together. But with that, it still shows that Governor Glenn Youngkin will garner a majority of the vote for his state. Now, of course, um, as he said, he's working in, in, in this job. He's working so that he can finish the job here. And we know that 2023, this year, is very important for the Commonwealth of Virginia because every single seat in the legislature is up for re-election. So all 140 seats. So with that being the case, you know, what will happen? And I think the elephant in the room is the special counsel, Jack Smith, and what happens in the January 6th trial for obstruction of justice uh, and the conspiracy charges in which former President Trump was indicted for. In the event he becomes, uh, in the event that he becomes found, he's found guilty uh, in the trial that's held before the election, he's found guilty and sentenced, that means he'll more than likely be in jail pending a an appeal. That's if the judge allows him out of jail uh, before the appeal goes through. That's, again, if he's convicted. So the question becomes, will the party galvanize around a candidate that is jailbound? Uh, will they galvanize uh, or will they want a new candidate? So I think all that plays a part. But I think it's very fascinating as we take a look at what is transpiring and how this is becoming a major story for us here in the Commonwealth. Can you imagine someone new to politics comes in, beats a, a experienced public policy uh, 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 candidate who served as governor, former governor, who has experience across the board, and then all of a sudden has the opportunity to ascend to the highest office in our country as president? It's happened before, if you remember. Remember hope, and that's well, former President Barack Obama. So it's not 
unheard of. It definitely can happen. So, but we're going to continue to monitor this and find and make sure that uh, we keep you informed because that's what we do here on the show. Make sure that you have all the information, all the information so that you can make your decision a more well-informed decision. This is Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. You're joining us for our series of what's happening in the Commonwealth. This week, we're talking about how a VCU poll has shown that Governor Glenn Youngkin, in a head-to-head matchup with current President uh, Joe Biden, would actually come out and win, and also win his home state. <laughs> now, we're going to take a look. Uh, excuse me. Now, we're going to take a look at what Virginia, the Commonwealth, has done as it relates to voting. Now, when we take a look at voting, what we're looking at is something that became a hot point here in the Commonwealth. The hot point that we find is well, the where Republicans, and it was mostly Republicans, had charges of what we call uh, voter fraud. And with that, they, there were a lot of uh, charges and things and, and not just that, but also conspiracy theories that came out. And that's one thing that the current, uh, uh, the former president actually rode a wave in order to try to overturn the election. So according to Reuters, this week, Virginia became the eighth U.S. state to exit voter data sharing pack. Now, how, how important is this? Let's take a look. According to Reuters, Virginia on last Thursday became the eighth Republican-led U.S. state to leave a nonpartisan voting integrity partnership that's been undermined by unsubstantiated far-right charges that have favored Democrats. According to Reuters, member states of the Electronic Registration Information Center, also known as ERIC, of course, no pun intended here, partnership, they share voter registration and identification data to avoid having people register to vote in multiple states. Now, according to Reuters, while voter fraud is vanishingly rare in U.S. elections, the nation's state-by-state election system raises the risk that people who move from one state to another may remain registered to vote in two states at once. Now, Virginia follows Ohio, Iowa, Florida, no surprise there, Missouri, West Virginia, Louisiana and Alabama in leaving this partnership. At its peak, Eric included 33 states plus the District of Columbia. Now, according to Reuters, there are, there are now only seven Republican-led states among the 25 remaining in the compact. One of those is Texas, due to withdraw, of course, in October. Again, no surprise here. According to Reuters, former U.S. President Donald Trump false claims that his 2020 election defeat was a result of widespread fraud, which we know that that is not the case. And we know has been echoed by his Republican allies. Now, Trump said without evidence in a March post on his Truth Social site that Eric pumps the rolls for Democrats. But many Republican-led states have also tightened voting rules in recent years in what they described as an effort to uh, prevent fraud. But let's take a look at Virginia. According to Reuters, Virginia Commissioner of Elections, Susan Beals, said in a May letter seen by Reuters that uncertain costs resulting 
from the exit of minus 20% of Eric members who have wanted a state, state's reasons for leaving. Now, Bills, an appointee of Republican Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, said Eric's mandate has expanded beyond his original intent of improving the accuracy of voter rolls. Now, Eric's executive director, Shane Hamlin, also said that Virginia withdrawal, which takes place effect Wednesday, said that they'll continue to work on behalf of remaining member states and improving the accuracy of America's voter rolls and increasing access. And that's key. That is key. Increasing access to voter registration for all eligible seniors. Now, how disturbing is this? According to a voting rights attorney at New York <clears throat> NYU's Brendan Center for Justice, said the departure illustrates the self-reinforcing power of election misinformation. This is Alice Clapman, with some states citing other early departures as reasons to lead the group. But she says, quote, it really exposes the hypocrisy of states that are, t- that are talking the most about voter fraud. And as a matter of fact, they're inflating concerns about voter fraud and pulling out of and damaging the best tool that states have to actually detect voter fraud itself. You know, when I when I when I when I heard this news on last week, I was really taken aback because, you know, Eric is a system. Well, let me first start here. The U.S. and it's our voting system is the most trusted system in the world. Let me say that again. The United States and its voter system is the most trusted voter system in the world. As a matter of fact, it's so trusted that we have individuals, and I know uh, former President Jimmy Carter, of course, our prayers go out to him as he's battling uh, right now and uh, the ailments that he has, and of course he has come to terms with it. So, um, of course, our prayers go out to him and his family. But even he, you know, um, started his nonprofit in, in monitoring free and fair elections across the world where they do have issues with free and fair elections. So, I mean, we're, we're at a point now where persons are looking at the U.S. and saying, what is taking place? You know, why is now what we believe is the most trusted system of voting in the world under attack by its own people, its own system? Now, we also know that during the election, well, during the COVID, we had that, uh, well, we have a fight against, a fight against access to voting. And when I talk about fighting against access to voting, let's keep in mind, during the uh, Northern administration, where the Democrats actually had control of the House, they actually were able to increase access to the voting box. Matter of fact, they extended the time for voting 45 days before the election, extended the hours to vote uh, on election day, and really just a lot of common sense things where even after the Supreme Court itself assault upon voting rights passed the voting rights bill here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, which was not supported by Republicans. It just wasn't. 
and, and this is not a favoritism one way or the other. This is just simply you can look at the voter uh, patterns uh, when this was passed. Not support at all. However, Governor Glenn Youngkin and the GOP actually said they're going to use that as an opportunity in order for early voting and so forth, in order for Republican members and those supporting GOP candidates to actually get out there and vote to make sure that that candidates receive full support in this upcoming election. So I think it's very interesting how the very piece of legislation that you fought against, you're wanting now to use, you're pumping up as a key tool in order to get the vote out. Again, I'm just, that's just the facts and my analysis of the facts. So now we have a state that fought against um, expanding voting. We have some people, we have a state where some individuals uh, espouse and spouted, you know, election fraud. And of course, other states, again, we mentioned Florida, Louisiana, Alabama, Texas, of course, that also were, uh, were like ground zero for false voter fraud claims. We know that there was no voter fraud. I mean, over and over again, people are being sued out to Wazoo because they actually started talking about and espousing that those lies. So they're now having to answer for that. So, but with that, we now have a state that says what we're going to do, instead of protecting the right to vote and defending our claims of voter fraud, we're going to pull out Eric. We're going to pull out of this system, this system which actually helps to keep voting fraud free. Now, of course, there are many other measures that helps to keep voting fraud free, both on a federal level, state level, local levels. We have those checks and balances in place. So I don't want anyone to think once we pull out the system, things are going to go haywire. That's not the case. But it is a very important system because what this system does it helps and allows us to ensure that people who are not, who are registered, aren't registered in multiple states. So, of course, we know here in the Commonwealth, we have a lot of people in the military, a lot of people that travel and serve our country. And, of course, you register to vote where you are. And we have a lot of college students. And let's just say you register to vote in your home state, which is not Virginia, not the Commonwealth. Well, what Eric says is that, hey, if you're residing here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, guess what? We're going to block you from being able to vote over in another state. And when I say block you, it's going to show if you try to go vote in another state that you can't do that because you're, you voted here and you're registered to vote here. You've been residing here and so forth. That's what Eric does. But now they're wanting to, they're, we've left that. We left that system. We left that, that check that we have. That check and balance, that very important check and balance, we've left it. Left it, and we've opened ourselves up to individuals being able to register in multiple states and possibly vote in multiple states where those states have left the system as well. I want to make sure that's clear, where the states have left the system as well. So you have eight states, nine with Texas coming very soon in October, where you become vulnerable to that. Now, of course... It's going to take a little time, you know, to look at the vulnerabilities of that, but that's where we are. So how important is protecting the right to vote? How important is your claim of voter fraud if, in fact, you're removing a very important tool of check and balance from 
the toolkit. Well, one of the you heard the quote or the information from the uh, uh, election commissioner, Susan Beals, that said, "Well, you know the cost, right?" And other states are saying, "Well, other states have left, so we're going to leave too." But the cost does not justify the remove ourselves from the system. <clears throat> you know, it's like insurance. You know, you 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 don't need insurance until you need it. So you pay the premium just in case you need it. You may not need it the whole time you have it. But guess what? If you don't have it when you need it, it costs you more. So that's what Eric does. Eric is our insurance against voter fraud. Now, of course, we haven't needed it in a while, and we may not need it every day. But when we need it and we don't have it, it may cost us a little bit more than we are willing to pay. The question becomes, is that what we want to do? So we're going to continue to monitor this. And, you know, again, what ends up happening? What helps us? You know, we have to be mindful and open about it. You know, voting is universal. It's not a Republican thing. It's not a Democratic thing. It's not an independent thing. It's not a, not a Federalist thing. It's not anything. It's, a, it's an American thing. It's a human right here in our country to be able to, one of the most powerful nonviolent weapon we have is our right to vote. And we've got to protect it with everything. We've got to protect it with everything. And we have to make sure that we have common sense policies created so that we can do just that. And that is important for our democracy and important for our standard in the world today. So we're going to continue to monitor that and find out and see where it goes. But we got a very important election coming up. Make sure you're registered to vote. If you're not registered to vote, get registered. If Go out early vote. If you haven't voted, you can early vote 45 days before the election. You can do that. If you need to find out where you need to vote, call your voter registration office. Uh, they can tell you where to vote. Your voter registration card should come in. You can find the candidates online to vote for and go to their websites to find out more about them so that you can make a more well-informed decision. But the election is coming soon, and we want you to be able to, for your voice to be heard. So lastly, in our What's Happening in the Commonwealth, I want to take a look at a Virginia Pilot article which uh, last week, which noted that Virginia Beach schools are beginning to review the transgender model policies. And they set a special meeting for this Monday coming up on tomorrow. Matter of fact, according to Virginia Pilot, Virginia Beach Public Schools made some progress in its review of the state's model policies on the treatment of transgender students in a committee meeting Thursday morning where they said more work is needed. However, much of the school board's policies do not require much change, according to the school board attorney. A matter of fact, the, according to the Virginia Pilot, the policy review committee made up of a board of members and several other members as well added to that board uh, had items on their agenda in the week of order to work through the model policies on ensuring privacy, dignity, and respect for all students and parents in Virginia's public schools after the school board directed them to start the process of reviewing board policy and determining what changes were needed to be made. According to one of the committee members, it said typically we have more time to review the proposed changes, uh, but those came this morning, so they didn't think it was a huge deal. But this committee, uh, these members did not 
according to Virginia Polly, they didn't have much time to review the policy in depth. But of course, again, they said that they didn't believe a lot of change was needed within itself. But I wanted to uh, take a look and just highlight where we find school boards now starting to move on these policies that the governor's office, you know, put forth. You know, and it's the beginning of school. And here in the common, here in the, here in Hampton Roads, um, our school boards are working to review these policies to see, you know, what things are needed, what policies need to be changed in order to align with the public policy that was put forth. So, the committee approved updating the policy five seven, which deals with non discrimination and non harassment. And to remove the title of the now defunct 2021 model policies regarding the treatment of transgender students. And this change will be brought to the board for information and also a future vote. So the resolution could be up for a vote at the next meeting on August 22nd. So on this show, we not we just don't look at politics, but we also look at policy because these are the laws that help us govern ourselves day to day. Look, this is State of Water. I'm your host, Dr. Cavill. Make sure you join us every Sunday as we bring movers, shakers, and policymakers to you to discuss issues important to the community. As always, be great, God bless, and we'll see you next week.